Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7. Here's Pastor Ryan. And so, because of sexual immorality, God is saying, through Paul, it's better to be married. Marriage is a remedy for sexual immorality. (laughs) I know, it's one of many, Donna. It's one of many. It's not the only remedy. But you know, many of people have gotten married because they just have to. It was awkward in, in uh, first service, and apparently it's going to be awkward in this one, too. Yes, some people, man, you know, I mean, face it. Most of us are on that boat, right? We're in, we were in that boat before we got married. I'm, you know, we just got to get married. That's all. Where is she? Just being truthful. Four years single. Ended up at college and career at Costa Mesa because of Mama Sue. And perfect study where I can focus on God. And there was plenty of people to focus on God with. And, and, and one day she walked in and that was it. Thank God. I don't, we didn't have iPhones back then. Nothing. I was flip phones. But, you know, it was a, you know, I, I was saved at a big church. I went to two big churches, and then I went to a small church, and then it's our church. So, but anyways, I digress. What was I saying? People, again, it is a remedy. People will struggle with sexual immorality. It is a remedy. How do we survive in Corinth that is so sexually immoral? How do we survive in today's age when things are immoral and and things are on the phones and the devices the computers it's everywhere how do we survive well one of the ways are if you're single or a widower 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 is a chopper of wood (laughs) A, a widower you know there too you know it's an option is what God is saying and it's real to some people, and I get that. I don't. I don't. I don't hate on on that. It's it's real, and uh, and so he says. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of of self-control. You know, it says here, do not deprive. The word is defraud. And in Greek, it's apostereo, which means to defraud, despoil, destitute, kept back by 
robbery or by fraud. It means to strip or to take from by force. The question is, some spouses in Corinth were, again, awkward, holding out. She's the only one that chuckles. Holding out, not blessing their spouse in the sexual relationship because of that philosophy going around where the Greeks who were against immorality were saying, yeah, sex is perverted even within the home between husband and wife. And so Paul is saying, no, that's not true. You render to each other the affection due to the other. To try to defraud or to rob, right? Because when we got married, we held hands, we looked at each other. Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? And do you take this husband and having to hold sickness and in health and all of those as they get older, as they get fatter, as they get more white hair and all of the things and rough feet and calluses and all the things that go with it? Yeah, right? Are you still going to bless them? Don't defraud them. Don't rob them. Because it's a way of dealing with sexual immorality and the temptation that Satan uses in marriages to tempt spouses so that they cheat. It's that important. My heart goes out to Mostly men, I think, who have, maybe it's more of a wives holding out towards the husband situation. I'm sure it's reversed. You don't want to say that never, ever happens. But generally, it can, it's the wife towards the husband holding out. And I, my heart goes out for men that have to deal with that. My heart goes out for them. Because it, it does so much to the psyche of a man in how they how they feel, their confidence, their, their joy, their love. It, it's, it's weird how the male creature is made, but we are the pursuers. We are, to, uh, we are supposed to be made uh, to be respected by our spouses, loved by them, encouraged by them. They should be our biggest cheerleaders, um, support system, helpmates is what God called them. So it's sad when that happens. And, uh, but it's almost like it's a unilaterally, I'm the boss, kind of using it as a weapon, which isn't right. This was premised with your body and your spirit do not belong to you. You were bought at a heavy price by Jesus Christ on the cross. And he says, your body and your spirit belong to me. And then he says, now give it to your husband. He has authority over that. And husband, give it to your wife. She has authority over that. And so, I'm just thinking like the single people must be like, hmm, all right. (laughs) It's important. And I like how he says, you know, as a consensus, not as a command. Like, I'm not commanding you to fast for a period. It's a consensus, it's not a command. But if you do, come back together 
And that's a, that's, that's a, un, that's not a unilateral decision. That's a unified decision. Let's not do that to seek the Lord. But then we come together because we know the tempter is going to try and tempt. And sex, and, and that sex between a husband and a wife, it helps against all of the temptations of that sexual immorality. It helps. <laughs> Render. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were even as I myself. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and the other in that. And so Paul is saying, I wish that all people were like me. He was single, but he wasn't always single because to be a member of the Sanhedrin, it was Jewish law that they were to be married. So something happened, either his wife passed or, or maybe it was his faith. It split things. I don't know. We don't know. But he's single now and he wishes everybody was like him so they, they can be without uh, distractions so that they can serve the Lord. Um, but again, he says, um, it is a gift from God. Paul the Apostle had the power by the Holy Spirit to remain celibate, to remain single, and not have that need uh, for a wife. And it was a gift from God. And it's the gift of singleness. And I know people who have it, and they're blessed of the Lord, and they're busy about God's business. They travel more freely. They go to this missionary, to that missionary. They visit this church, that church. They serve at their own church. They're just super free to do a bunch of super fun things for the Lord because they're not tied down with kids and a spouse. But it's a gift. It's a gift that I didn't have, and uh, but some do. And so, but God has given us the gift of marriage if you're married. It's a gift. To be able to have a strong marriage is doable for two Christians who love each other and are married. If it's not strong, God is not at fault. And if it's not strong, Christianity and the Word of God is not at fault. You know, you look into that marriage a little bit and you realize one or two or both do not see God like they should so it seems like the gift of marriage is wavering. And we easily can repent and come before the Lord and say, we cannot do this without you. Help us. And, and he's faithful to help us. Amen. Verse 8. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I like what he says here. To the unmarried, to the single people, to the widows. You know, I'd rather you be like me. But if you if you can't take it, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And so I like that. I like that because it it's a uh, it, it's the exhortation to. Uh, to pray and, and to get married rather than to burn. And uh, today with modern technology, I mentioned this in first service, but you think about these Christian dating sites, and I'm not a, I'm not a pro 
opponent for them or promoting that. But I also understand and don't hate on people who, who go there. You know what I mean? I, there's a lot of couples have met who love the Lord and everything's fine. But then you hear horror stories. And of course, if you, if, if, you know, if you don't know how to vet, you, you shouldn't know. Everyone, every Christian should know how to vet Christians. You should know what a Christian looks like, smells like, acts like. And there's a lot of fakers and a lot of stuff, right? And so, you know, if you don't know who you are in Christ, you know, stay clear. But he talks about self-control. Self-control is uh, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The closer we are to God, the more self-control we have. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit. Self-control. And, uh, and like I said, the closer we are to God, the more we have it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, speaking of temptation and uh, the, the Lord says through Paul, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so those wrong desires, those, those wrong desires and temptations that come, that verse I just read, teaches us that it is common to all men. Satan likes to single people out, like you're the only one who, who, who struggles with, with uh, wrong thoughts and temptation. And that's not true. It happens to all of us. But God is faithful to provide the way of escape. He is faithful to not let it get out of hand. First, we recognize that we're not singled out. We're not the only ones. Secondly, we realize that others have resisted the same temptation that we go through and have succeeded. Paul is preaching and teaching out of experience. He will provide the escape. How do you know, Paul? Because he's done it in my life. He's writing to them. He will. He's speaking from experience. He will. So I, you know, I know how younger folks can be. Hormones going crazy. You don't understand. No, I do understand. You can become, you can be pure in Christ. He, he makes the way of escape. There's been many young people with the same hormones and the same nasty thoughts that God saw through. Help them. So don't let them say, oh, the world says, oh, this is normal. Just give them a condom. It's the world. Yeah. You know? The worst one is better in, in my home than out in the streets. Right? You've heard that excuse, right? And any temptation can be resisted because God helps us. Any temptation. The Holy Spirit will speak into our hearts situations that aren't good. Situations that ought to be avoided. 
He does. Some people say they fell into sin. Usually it's one toe at a time, slowly climbing down into that hole. Oh, is this a, a, a trap? I didn't know. The Holy Spirit shows. And the best thing we can do is run the other way. Like Joseph and Potiphar's wife, you run. You run. Because God always provides the way of escape. Always. Now, to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband. But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And the husband is not to divorce his wife. I know he says, I and not the Lord, but I take it from the Lord, Paul. I take it from the Lord. He wants marriages to be together, right? But, verse 12, to the rest, I, not the Lord, say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe, and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. Now again, he says, I am not the Lord, but I'm sorry, Paul, I, I do take that as from the Lord. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? And so this is cool because this is prevalent in the body of Christ. There are couples who, you know, who are in the church who's, Husband or wife isn't a believer or isn't a backing of the Christian faith. And so it's a real hardship and a struggle for the believing spouse. And the Lord says that if a non-believing husband or a non-believing wife is willing to live with you in peace, don't divorce them. Cool. But... If they are not willing to live with you in peace, let them leave. This is the challenge. How much can a person take? Some are super cool and like they're respectful. They don't bring pornography in the path. They don't, they're not sleeping around. They, they're good husbands and good wives. They just are not into Christianity. They're good heathens, right? There's a ton of good heathens. And it's like, blessed are you if you have to live with a non-believing heathen that, heathen that they're a good heathen. They were raised right as heathens. And they're just good uh, husband and they're a good wife. They just don't care about Jesus or the church. Fine. Live with them. Be cool. Love on them. Win them over. Pray about it. You know, let God guide you day in and day out. Don't nag, but sometimes nag if you have to. As long as they... Don't get in the way of you serving Jesus. Because then it wouldn't be too peaceful. And that's just a test from God. Are you willing? 
Because he came to bring a sort of division. If the non-believing acts wrong, if they're in sin and trying to bring sin into your home, if they're trying to uh, dissuade you and, and stop you from serving the Lord, and it's, it's, it's uh, what's it called? It's, uh, it's it, you know, God called you to peace. You're not in bondage. Why live in a house where there's bondage? Just because he's a non-believer? Trust me, non-believers can behave. They can behave. Like, sinners in the world will act like sinners in the world, but I was a sinner in the world one time too, and I knew how to watch my language around old ladies. Why? Because I was brought up that way in El Mani. You get smacked if you disrespect somebody's mom, the wrong Mom or grandma, you're done. Everyone was, was respectful, like you knew how to be, have manners. So a non-believing spouse can have manners and you can live your life in peace, but if, if they cause bondage and, and fighting and strife and perversion, you think God wants you under that? That's why he says, how do you know whether God will save your wife? How do you know whether God will save? Oh, I'm just going to stay in it because, because I'm going to win them over to Christ while they're sleeping with someone else or bringing pornography in your house. You're, what? What are you, what? That's not peaceful. You move. You get them, get them out. And I hope that touches somebody's heart who's watching, listening, or whatever. Because it happens where you, 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 you get a wrong understanding of scripture and of our Lord that he's passive like that. He flipped over tables. And, and some of us have to flip over tables in our home and say, we can allow none of that in this house. Well, who are you? I'm a daughter of God. Well, who are you? I'm a son of God. So. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your word. It's, it's prevalent, Lord, for today in our in our lives, in our homes, in our families. And I, and I pray for the spouses that aren't on board, that they would come to repentance and realize that, Jesus, you, you came for all of us. And I mean all of me and, all, and everyone in this room, all of them. You didn't want part of Ryan. You didn't want half of Ryan. You didn't want sometimes, Ryan, you came for all of us, every, every day, all of us. Because if you don't have all of us, you really don't have us. So, Father, help us all to surrender everything to you, Jesus. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who would like to give their life to Jesus Christ, and you have not done that, please raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer to ask him to forgive you of all your sins and come into your heart. Maybe you're here and you want to rededicate your life. You said the prayer before, but he has, he's just not, he's not king of your life, but it's time to make him king again. Jesus said, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. But if you try to save your life, you will lose it. Is there anyone here who would like to rededicate their life this morning? Just a prayer away. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? 
Just repeat after me, my brother, Father God, my, my King and my Savior. I have not allowed you to be king recently, but this morning is different. I give you the authority over my life again as king of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit and help me to walk in obedience to you from this day forth. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.